Well, good morning. It's good to be with you today. Last week, I was uh, getting on a plane about this time to head back from Cancun, and so I missed you last Sunday. I really did, I promise. Like, right before I got on that plane, I'm standing by this beautiful pool, and the sun is shining on it, and it was wonderful. But I really did. I missed being with you last week, and, um, and I did get to worship with you online later. I went back and watched it, and um, I, I just have to say I, I missed being with you, but it's good that I can worship with you even if it's at 7 p.m. on Sunday night or Monday morning. And um, Jay, you did a, a great job last week sharing God's Word and starting our series. Yeah. Um, one of my pastor friends told me a long time ago that if you have good people speak when you leave, then people won't mind you leaving as much. And so it's a good way to, to get more vacation. But I'm, I'm thinking like if we keep this up, like you guys might start asking me to leave. And that'd be okay. I mean, it'd be fine with me. Um, but, but yeah, Jay did an awesome job. And he started us off on Base Camp, our series Base Camp. So, so just to catch you up here, um, Base Camp is kind of the foundations of our faith. Basically over the next three year, or this year and next year and last year, so three year period, we wanted to work through the basics of our faith. And the way we're doing that is we're looking at our articles of faith in the Church of the Nazarene. And so last year, I think we did the first seven, and then this year we're doing the next group, and next year we'll finish it off. But the idea of base camp, one of the things I thought Jay did such a great job of last week is helping us understand the need for base camp. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, doesn't matter how many times you've heard these things, we need to come back to the basics, to come back to the foundations of our faith so that we can continue to grow in our journey. And he made the comment that it doesn't matter how many times you've climbed Mount Everest or how experienced of a climber you are, you still have to have base camp. You still have to have that place that you come and your body acclimates and you get ready for the journey ahead. And so that's what we're doing together. Um, that's one thing that I thought you said that was awesome last week. The other thing that Jay said, and, and I want us to really zero in on this this week, is that what we believe influences how we live. Now, I'm, I'm just going to be really straightforward with you today. A month and a half ago, when I was looking at this date on the calendar, and I was looking at the fact that I was going to preach on justification, regeneration, and adoption, I didn't get warm fuzzies in my stomach. I wasn't like pumped up for this message. In fact, I was probably thinking like, hey, I should have given Jay this one and me tape. But, but listen, the more I've studied this week, the more I just, man, this is, this is good stuff we're going to see in God's word today. And we need to have a good, clear understanding of justification, of regeneration, and of adoption because that will influence the way we live as followers of Christ. I had a professor in college that, that would say that, that theology and practice are two sides of the same coin. What you believe, you will live. You can say you believe something, but if you're not living it, it's not what you truly believe. And so our theology, what we believe, and our practice, what we do, are two sides of the same coin. It's, it's how we live. And so today, we're going to be talking about justification, regeneration, 
and adoption. I want to start by doing some review, not just of last week, but I want us to go all the way back to Article 5, because one of the things I love about this is that we can see a progression as we look through the Articles of Faith, a progression that leads us to today. So Article 5 is sin that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We believe that in the Nazarene church, that there is not one single person in here or walking around outside that, that has not sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The only one that's ever walked this earth and not sinned is Jesus Christ. Every single one of us has sinned and fallen short. That's Article 5. Article 6 is atonement. That's that through the blood of Christ on the cross, our sins are paid for. Jesus' death has paid the penalty for our sins. Then Article 7 is provenient grace. And, and this is a good one. This is the fact that, that what Jesus did on the cross pays for our sins, but that the work of the Holy Spirit, that God's provenient grace is coming after us, to help us understand and to help us to come to know his love and the life that we have in him. I don't know if you know that or not, but before you ever spoke a word about God, before you ever walked into a church, God's spirit was at work in you to bring you to this point. That's provenient grace that God's spirit initiates. And then last week, Jay talked with us about repentance that once we realize that we have sinned and fallen short, we need to turn, we need to change our mind and change our direction and turn away from the sin in our life and turn to God. So that's the progression up to this point. Article 9 has three things in it, and the reason it has three things is because these things are all happening at the same time. It's not, it's not a continual progression, but, but these are things that God does when we repent. So let's look at um, Article 9 together. Are you super excited? We're going to weave back and forth today between the articles of faith and God's Word. Are you excited about that? You should be. It's really good stuff. Article 9, here we go. We believe that justification is the gracious and judicial act of God by which he grants full pardon of all guilt and complete release from the penalty of sins committed and acceptance as righteous to all who believe on Jesus Christ and receive him as Lord and Savior. Let's just break that down really quick. We believe that justification is that we are granted, God grants us a full pardon, not just of our sin, but of the guilt that comes with it, and complete release from the penalty of our sins. So full pardon from all guilt, release from the penalty of our sins, and then the third thing, don't miss this, that we are accepted as righteous. And this is to all who believe in Jesus Christ and receive him as Lord and Savior. Let me just boil that last part down to this. To all who believe in Jesus and repent, change our mind and change our direction towards God. We receive full pardon of all guilt, release from the penalty of all our sin, and we are accepted as righteous. Gary, before um, first service, came and shared this definition, and I've heard it before, but it's so good. Justification is, let's make it simple, it's just as if you've never sinned. 
That's an incredible thought. Do you ever, do you ever feel like you're just a rotten, low down, like you just can't get it right? And I, I'm just going to guess that every single one of us has walked into church before and has felt like a guilt and just a griminess about us, that we just don't deserve to be here. But justification is is just as if we've never sinned. We are fully pardoned of our guilt. We are released of the penalty of our sins, and we are counted as righteous. That is good, good news to all who receive, believe in him, and repent. Let's look at Romans chapter 3, verse 21. It says, but now apart from the law of righteousness of God, but but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew or Gentile for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came By Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. One of the things I love about the book of Romans is it spells out this theology for us really perfectly. Look, in in Article 5, we see all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Article 6 is we have atonement. It says God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. We have provenient grace. In Article 7, it says here, but now apart from the law of righteousness of God, the righteousness of God has been made known. What does that mean? That God's Spirit, the provenient grace of God, has made this known to us. And and it goes on in verse 22 and says that this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So listen very carefully to me, and then I want to paint some pictures for you. Through the blood of Christ... We can stand justified before God. I I don't know if the, the weight of that is hitting you, but through the blood of Christ, we can all, any who believe and repent, can stand justified before God. Are you aware that every single one of us is gonna stand before God one day? Every single one of us will stand in judgment before the Creator God. And as we saw in Article 5, every single one of us has fallen short. Every single one of us, when we stand before God, if it was about what we have done, we would deserve eternal punishment because we have all missed the mark. But justification says that through the blood of Christ, we can stand justified before God. This is something that we we have this picture in our house. So uh, I I don't know, do you remember being a kid and getting in trouble? Any of you? Did any of your parents call out your name and say, come on in here and, and you knew you were in trouble? And how did you walk in there? This actually happened several times in my house yesterday where I was up in my room I was working on stuff, watching TV, and and we've got our nephew with us, so there's five boys in our house this weekend, and it has just been like one battle after another. And so I'm I'm laying up there in the room, and all of a sudden, I hear one of the boys are crying. And I know what's happened. They're either not sharing, 
or they started wrestling and having fun and somebody punched the other one. That happens. My kids aren't perfect. And, and so this happens in our house all the time. We're all say, boys, get up here. I, I do. I, I raise my voice a little bit. I probably shouldn't. But I say, boy, I have to to get down to it. Boys, get up here. And, and every time... This is the picture of what happens. It starts with one boy. If there's three of them that are in trouble, one of them will come when I call. And, and he'll come in and peek around the door. And I'll say, get in here. And he'll walk over and kind of stand over to the side because he doesn't want anything to do with me. And so I say, go get your brothers and tell them to get up here. And they all come in and they're all standing over to the side and, and they don't want to face me. And I say, boys... You come stand right in front of me, and you face me. And, and they do it reluctantly. They come and they stand, and we deal with it. Every single one of us is going to stand before God. And every single one of us on our merit deserves punishment. But through the blood of Christ, we can stand justified we can stand justified. We can stand before the Almighty God despite our sin and our, our failure. We can stand before God because justification means the blood of Christ has made us whole just as we have never sinned. There, there's another picture I got last week as we were walking through the airport because when we talk about how justification affects us, I think way too often we as Christians walk around with shame and guilt, and we walk around as a kid that's messed up, that knows they have to go stand before the Father, and we walk around in fear because we think God is out to get us. And I got this picture last week as we're walking through the airport. There's six people in my family, and every single one of us had two items. We had a rolling bag, and then, and then we had backpacks. And so we're spending the whole day in and out of airports, and Jack, my five-year-old, is pulling a, pulling a suitcase and has, a, has a, um, a book bag on his back, and he's just he's starting to drag a little bit because he's getting tired of pulling this. And Charlie, my seven-year-old, has a bag that he's pulling in a suitcase, and all of a sudden they'd start saying, Dad, we can't carry this anymore. And what do I do? I take their, their baggage. I say, don't worry about it, just walk. I've got it. And I take that backpack and I throw it on my back. And I take the bag, and so Megan and I are walking through the airport, both rolling two bags and two backpacks on our back, and we're carrying the baggage that my kids were supposed to carry. That's a picture of, of what God does for us. We have all this baggage that we've earned that we have to carry, and it weighs us down, and it hurts us, and it, 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 it slows us down. And our Father in heaven says... Give it all to me. Through the death of Christ, we no longer have to carry our, the baggage of our sin. We can let it go. But way too often as Christians, we don't fully understand justification and we walk around with baggage that we don't need. Have you ever been there? I grew up in church. I grew up in a pastor's home. And, and I'm just being really honest with you to say that there are some times that I can be tempted to believe that God is just waiting for me to mess up and that I'm not 
good enough and that I've got to carry around this guilt of the things that I've done wrong and justification says no. Through the blood of Christ, we can stand justified and God takes all of the baggage of our sin. We don't have to carry it. It's not just that that God's willing to take the baggage of our sin. But through the provenient grace of God, he seeks us out. His spirit is working to help us understand. I want you to understand today just how much God loves you. He's not waiting for you to mess up. He's not waiting to zap you. He doesn't look at you as the one that's blown it time and time again and you're just some dirty, rotten sinner. You stand justified before God if you believe in Christ and you repent of your sins. Chapter 8 of Romans says, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're free of it all. And, and we can stand today. You, if you have believed in Christ, accepted him, received him as your Savior, and have repented of your sins, you can stand today not as a dirty, rotten scoundrel, but as a justified, righteous child of God. That's really good news. Article 9 goes on and says, we believe that regeneration, or the new birth, is that gracious work of God whereby the moral nature of the repentant believer is spiritually quickened and given a distinctively spiritual life capable of faith, love, and obedience. Now, that's a lot of, that's a lot of theology talk right now, but let me, let me tell you what that means. It means when we, are, when we repent, when we are justified by God, at the same time, we are born again. You've heard people talk, Christians talk about being born again, right? We believe that we are not meant to continue living in sin. When we think about, when we think about the, the idea and, and, and when we think about the way that our beliefs affect us, way too many Christians walk around believing that they are sinners saved by grace, but they forget that they are new creations in Christ. They no longer have to be the same old sinner. We are regenerated. We are made new. Romans chapter 6 <clears throat> says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. This talks about baptism. Baptism that we celebrate together is an outward sign of what God is doing in our hearts and our lives. We believe that when we are baptized, we go into the water and we, are, we die to self, we die to self and we come out of the water a new creation. We have new life in Christ. This is so important for us. Listen, by the way, baptism is something that we celebrate in the church. It's a big deal because like I said, it's an outward sign of what God's doing in us. And so I wanna invite you, if you haven't been baptized, 
to be baptized. If you believe in Christ and repent of your sins, be baptized. September 12th is our next baptism service. It's new life. That's what we celebrate together. And so the good news of of regeneration is that the sin you were born with, we do not have to continue living in. See, it's not just that Jesus forgave our sins. It's not just that his death justified us, but we are a new creation. We are meant to be the holy, righteous children of God. There are far too many Christians that that think that, oh, I I, I was a sinner and God saves me from my sin, but but I'm just going to keep on. No! God's will for you is to have new life, to be a new creation that lives holy and blameless for him. We have new life in Christ. We can be free of sin, a new creation. We are justified. We can stand before God. We are forgiven, but we are made new in Christ It's not just that we are counted. See, justification says you are not going to be counted as a sinner. You are going to be counted as righteous. But regeneration tells us it's not just that you're counted as righteous. You can live righteous. And it's God's will for you. Article 9 goes on and says, We believe that adoption is the gracious act of God by which the justified and regenerated believer is constituted a son or child of God. So we're justified. The price has been paid. We are made new. We are regenerated. We have new life in Christ. And the third part of this says that we are adopted as sons and daughters. I'm I'm convinced that we say these big words, but we really don't feel it, and we really don't understand it. We are adopted by the Almighty God. It's not just that Jesus paid the price so that we could be okay and we could stand before God, and it's not just that we're made new, it's that we are children of God. Last night, this, every night, I put my kids to bed, and last night I went into Charlie's room and I laid by him and I played some music and we prayed together. And then every night there's the same pattern where he asks me question after question about sports and whatever else in life is going into his head. And I say over and over, Charlie, just lay down and go to sleep. It's time to go to sleep. Ask me tomorrow. But then I look at him. And, and I'm telling you, last night I looked at Charlie. And I thought, that's my son. I love him more than he will ever know. And finally, Charlie falls asleep, and, and like I said, we've got our nephew with us, and so, so the house has been a little bit crazy, and we had something happen that occasionally happens in our house yesterday where we had mandatory nap time. You know what mandatory nap time means? It means the kids have been bad. <laughs> so everyone had to take naps yesterday, but, but see, Jack, my five-year-old, when he takes a nap in the day, you are not gonna get that boy to sleep until he is ready to go to sleep. So I get Charlie to bed. I finally get him to stop asking questions. I look at him. I love him. I walk out of the room. I go into my bedroom, and there's Jack sitting up on my bed looking at me at 1030, smiling. I say, Jack, it's time to lay down and go to bed. So he lays down, and we go through the whole process again. Hey, Daddy. Daddy, did you know 
And Jack tells me all of the wisdom that he's learned in the last week. And, and he lays there and I say, Jack, it's time to go to sleep. And he goes to sleep and I look at him. And I think, that's my boy. That's my son who I love more than he will ever know. Why do I share that with you? Because I believe that's how God is looking at you and me today. And I think way too often we, we walk around like we're hired hands or we're slaves or we're, we're just people that God is using, but God looks at us and says, that's my child. I love them more than they'll ever know. This morning I was texting with one of my pastor friends, Scott Mishler, that used to attend here, and he, he sent me a text and it said, you are precious in God's sight. God is proud of you today. Oh, man. We are justified. We can stand before God. We are made new, but we are adopted as sons and daughters of the Almighty God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. We don't have to be like the kid that's walking up in trouble. We don't have to, we don't have to feel like we are dirty, rotten, we're made new. But even more than that, the God of the universe, the God that created all this, loves you so much that he's adopted you. As his son and daughter, when we repent, we're justified, we're regenerated, and we are adopted as a child of God. Article 9 continues on, and it says, We believe that justification, regeneration, and adoption are simultaneous in the experience of seekers after God and are obtained upon the condition of or received by faith preceded by repentance, and that to this work and state of grace, the Holy Spirit bears witness. I, I know we're talking about big theological words today. I don't know if you've heard lots of sermons on justification or regeneration or adoption, but listen to me, don't get lost in the big words. Understand today that you are made whole just as if you've never sinned, you are a new creation. God has given you new life to be holy and blameless. And you are a child of God. So the worship team's gonna come up and, and I just wanna invite us to respond to this. So would you stand with me? I don't know where each one of you what you came in to service with today. I don't know what you've been carrying, but I know that there's probably some people in here that have been carrying the weight of their sin, the baggage, the guilt, the shame. Listen to me, if that's you today, you need to lay it down because God has taken it through Jesus Christ on the cross. And you don't have to carry it. There may be some of you that have been struggling with this idea of new life. You know that Jesus died for you, you know your sins are forgiven, but you continue to, to live in that sin. If that's you, listen, that's not God's will for you. You are made new. And there may be some of you that just came in here today that are struggling. 
you feel worthless, I want you to know today that God looks at you and says, this is my child who I love. I want to pray for us and then I want to invite you to respond. If any of you in here are feeling any of that, I want you to, I want you to lay it down before God. I want you to lay your burdens. I want you to pray for new life. I want you to know God's love. If that's you and you want to come and you want to pray during our song, please don't walk out of here just having heard some big words. Walk out of here knowing that you are God's holy, justified child. Father, I love you today. And I thank you for your word. But more than that, I thank you for your love and your grace that even with all of the stuff that I've done wrong, Jesus, you came and died on the cross so that I could be justified and I could stand before God. Father, my prayer today is that each and every one of us would lay our burdens down. My prayer is that each and every one of us would be made new today, that we would be a new creation. And my prayer is that we would know the fullness of your love. If there's anybody in here, Lord, that needs to speak with you, that needs to hear your voice, that needs to just lay down their burdens, I pray that each and every one of us would right now. We love you, Lord. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. We give our whole selves, our whole lives to you today. In Jesus' name, amen.